Moncrief on News Talk. 53106 is our text number that will cost you 30 cents. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. Barbara Scully and Declan Buckley join us once again for So You Think You're an Adult. Good afternoon to you both. Hello. Hello. Hello, there you are, loud and clear. There's always a, a, a slightly tense moment there when I, after I say <laughs> yeah, hello. Yeah. Uh, and my sphincter muscle tightens up. And I go, oh, thank God <laughs> the answer. Uh, I can relax now. Uh, now, here's your first question. I'm living with two others and moving out is not an option right now for various reasons, which I won't get into. I've been here about six months and I've tried my best to see the best in the two I live with. But I've come to the conclusion they're not all that nice, considerate or pleasant to live with. I have cried alone in my bedroom on many occasions now once when one of them shouted at me when I very politely disagreed with their viewpoint and the next day acted as sweet as pie like nothing had happened once when one of them diminished the work I do which they both do regularly and once when they both made a change to the setup arranged it all themselves and never even consulted me I've made it clear that uh, that, that one bothered me and frankly I felt like I was being gaslit by them I've been around long enough to know that you can't change people so I've no interest in trying to turn them into kinder people People or have a stressful confrontation or conversation when I eventually can move out will never be in touch again my question is how can I live with people who upset and stress me out during a pandemic how do I navigate with people uh, who end up in my bedroom all, all the time I try to go out walking and ring friends on the phone or zoom but due to the restrictions these two are the only people I see it's affecting me a lot they do plenty of the usual annoying housemate stuff too for example I do all the hoovering and cleaning of communal areas but that's not what bothers me what bothers me is how rude and inconsiderate they are any practical tips on how to cope i've tried to turn my bedroom into a sanctuary but since it's my office now too it's not easy to be in there every single evening avoiding them crikey yeah declan (laughs) yeah i'm here yeah yeah (laughs) it's kind of like um I read that letter twice. The first time I I read the letter, I was full of sympathy for this person and I felt all the pain associated with being stuck in a situation that she didn't want to be in. Obviously, the the COVID restrictions make that whole thing even worse. uh, That uh, she's somewhere where she clearly does not want to be without the opportunity or the the uh, the, the chance to, to, to get away from there and find a better setup for herself. Um, that's awful, I get it. But I, I then on my second reading, I was kind of struck by how definitive she was about everything. You know, she talks about the two people she's sharing a house with as being the two, and they're they're just together in one group, and they're against her, and they make her cry, and they drive her into her bedroom. And she never wants to see them ever again once she moves out. And and so it, it seems to me like she's already made her mind as to what, what's going on. She is clear of any kind of responsibility of creating a kind of a, a place which she calls a place to live, whereas the other two are, are holding all the responsibilities for making her place to live not a nice place to live. Now, I know enough about living with people and sharing houses that everybody has their own perspective and everybody thinks that they're right and the other person is a terrible person. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes you can think you're right, but you'd be ganged up against by two or three or other other roommates who just, ha- through the dynamics of, of, of human interaction, just have the, they, they have the gang, but not necessarily the, uh, they don't necessarily have the right, but they have the, they have the, they have the, the numbers mm. to kind of get things their way and make you feel like the outsider. Um, unfortunately, this woman is already 
said what her what her main problem is is that she's stuck in a situation that she just basically has to make the most of until she can get out of there and unfortunately for me i think that means that she's either going to have to do one of two things one is that she's just going to have to be a bit more direct about how she feels about stuff she needs to point out the situations that she's in where she doesn't feel comfortable and she doesn't feel good and uh, tell them exactly what that made her feel like get them to explain their perspective on what they thought was going on and then and then trying to kind of get them to see that something needs to change um or she'll just come to the res- the, the, the realization in that 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 she's just not going to get it her way that she is just always going to be that kind of squashed other in that space um but i do think that the direct communication is the only way that she can get it to to, to, to be to 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 maintain a kind of a higher moral ground um because other than that, I mean, it just seems that there isn't a lot of empathy coming either way in this situation. And if she mm. wants empathy, she's going to have to, I think, to bring that to the to the table a little bit. Otherwise, it's just going to be a lot of mean girls kind of resentment holding kind of stuff. And, and that's just not good for anybody. Yeah. It strikes me, Barbara, that she's there six months. It's pretty clear at this stage that, that you know, she doesn't like them and they don't like her. So there's not that much she can do. And also, I get the sense that they already know that there are issues between them. So... I don't know if having a further yeah, confrontation would that help. I yeah I I I don't know. I'm also interested uh, by the fact that you both think these are women um, and that Declan's uh, <laughs> reference to mean girls. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, like like Declan, I I first of all had sympathy with this person because I think that life is always made easier if you're dealing with life from a home where you know you can be safe and you feel it's a nurturing space where you can rest and recharge and revive and then you can kind of deal with all the other crap that life throws at you and when you haven't got that that's that is terrible um absolutely but then at, uh, like Declan I kind of thought Jeannie like she's not doing a whole lot to help herself here she hasn't yeah. said if life is if this is so intolerable I'm not sure why she can't move out is that just because of the pandemic and surely you are able to move out if if something you know if, if it's an absolute necessity but she said for reasons she won't get into so we don't know what that is the mm. other thing that kind of made me feel a little bit like you're not helping yourself a whole lot here is where she says, I have no interest in trying to turn them into kinder people or have a stressful conversation confrontation. So I, I feel as if they've they've all been backed into corners um, and, and, and she or he in specifically is kind of saying, I, I'm not going to talk to them. They are horrible people. They're never going to change. And I'm miserable. And she's writing to us saying, fix it. And like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. What? Exactly. Yeah, like we, like they're the only way to fix this if she's not going to to move out is, as Declan said, to try and appeal to their better natures and to maybe explain that she is genuinely upset um, by their behaviour. But again, there is a part of me that's saying, okay, so somebody shouted at her, which isn't very pleasant. But like, seriously, like, so what? Um, I'm not sure that she's, again, you know, like, as we've often said before, this pandemic and everybody living at home and working at home and, you know, just talking to the people you live with and all the rest makes us all go slightly mad um, and may, and, and inhibits our ability to really see things for what they are. Um so I have no real advice for this person except to say that your only choice is to try and appeal to their better nature and to try and have a conversation where you explain how miserable you are feeling and, you know, explain that some of their behavior has upset you in a non-confrontational way. 
But, you know, I have a feeling that she's already or he's already decided that's not going to happen. In which case, I don't have, and neither does Declan, uh, I wouldn't think, have any kind of magic formula that I can uh, that I can produce in order to sort this out. I would say if, if, if she's that miserable, I would say, I don't know what the reasons are that she can't move out. But I would definitely be looking at that as the option hmm. here. Maybe, maybe he, she uh, um, could... Uh... Just maybe make an effort to get to know them. Listen, uh, and, than... and to not see them as as a them. I mean, there's two yeah. people yeah. there, so, so, so you know it doesn't have to all be this kind of unilateral thing. Going on a bilateral little you know breakaway meeting is probably the way to to diffuse that sense that she is one against a team. Because that's that's definitely part of it. Is that she sees them as being this kind of you know coagulated group of people who are just going to all think in the same way. But everybody's individual, and they just happen to have made an alliance of or whatever. Maybe it's about her. Maybe she's the difficult person in the or he, whoever this person is writing. Maybe they're more difficult than they're they're portraying in their letter. Maybe their mm. you know their demands as a as a flatmate is causing the other two to gang up on them because it's their way of coping. So I do believe that the only way to it, it is she doesn't want to talk. He doesn't want to talk to them. That's the problem. They need to talk to each other. Otherwise, they're just going to be living in their own bedrooms. Yeah. A uh, few comments. Uh, Orla says, I wonder how many people are in a similar situation through COVID or completely alone. It's such a blessing to be in a house with people I love during these tough times. Mm. I still find it hard. I can't imagine how hard it would be if that were not the case, uh, says Orla. Well, yeah. Just wait, or that might change. Uh, Claire says, I'm always, <laughs> I'm always sceptical of people who say you cannot change people. More often than not, that's just an excuse they give themselves for not making an effort to understand and accommodate uh, other people. Yeah. Uh, Stephen says, to the person with the two noxious flatmates, I've seen no one except the postman for over a year now. I have little contact with anybody virtually either. Learn to live with it and count your blessings. Crikey. A colleague I have a great relationship with was recently promoted, meaning we are now at the same level in the organisation. We have a very similar personality and always have a laugh together. Pre-COVID at work events and in the office, etc. And post-COVID over Zoom meetings. With her promotion, we now have to be in the office together three days a week. And it's made me realise how much I really like her. She's very good at what she does and always has a sunny and bright attitude, which just improves my day so much. She never mentions a boyfriend, but that doesn't mean she's single, I guess. And I know she she house shares with another woman. I'm wondering if now is the right time to ask her out, so far as we can date anyone right now, away from the confines of work. I was thinking of asking if she wants to go for a lockdown walk first and see what happens from there. I know I could potentially ruin everything if she rejects me and makes work tense. Can you give me some advice on how to approach this? Hmm. Barbara, why, <laughs> I love that. Why, why didn't he ask her out before? Is it because like she's now on the big box now he's interested in her? <laughs> <laughs> I love also the way that now the phrase lockdown walk is acceptable. Imagine her suggesting to any woman, would you like to go for a lockdown walk before any of this happens? Jesus, any woman would run a mile. Anyway, anybody who listens to this slot regularly will know that my advice on these kinds of situations never wavers hmm. and is always the same. And that is, Go for it. Um, better to take the chance than to die wondering, I think. You know, and we, won't, we, we don't regret what we do. We regret what we didn't do more and all of that stuff. And I love how this guy describes her as sunny and with a bright attitude that improves his day. I think that's lovely. So, yeah, go for it. Ask her out. Um, I mean, you know, a COVID compliant walk might be a good place to start. It's kind of easy. You know, 
The problem with that is that she could, well, I mean, you don't have a choice. That's all you can do at the minute. Mm. But, um, you know, she might interpret that as literally just a COVID walk, but at least it would give her the opportunity to maybe find out a little bit more about her as regards, does she have a relationship or or what's the story is there? Um, so, yeah. Uh, go for it. You know, it could be the start of something really wonderful or it could be the end of a nice friendship. But yeah. there's only one way to find out. And I definitely say go for it. Uh, I hope they live. I wonder what the legality there is, though. If they don't live within five kilometres of each other, where can they go for this COVID walk? Um, well, I presume they could go for a walk at lunchtime, maybe from the office. I suppose they could. Yeah, I suppose they yeah. could. Yeah. Declan, yeah. do you concur? Well, uh- I, I concur with the, look, I suppose I'll come at it from a different angle. There, there will be some people listening who'd have a view that, you know, workplace romances are really dodgy and they can get you in trouble and all that. But the facts are that so many relationships have formed in, in workplaces and, and, you know, yeah, there might have been one or two or some that have caused problems for people's careers as a result. But on the large, people do meet up uh, increasingly more so at work because we, in Ireland we have more and more large companies with lots of young people and that's just how that stuff rolls uh, interestingly you know if I, while I was just looking at stuff online there about this kind of area I, I read something that the way that Facebook and and, um, and Google manage these things because obviously yeah knock yourself out and ask somebody out um, that's all fine as advice but if you're the person who's who's being asked out it might be something that you're not particularly interested in hearing it might make things awkward for you or you know interestingly enough this woman might actually not even be straight so you know there's a, there's a lot of reasons why yeah go ahead and ask somebody out but there's a lot of reasons why that advance mightn't be welcomed so facebook and google have a one chance rule where you're only allowed to ask a colleague out once if they say no you're not supposed to ask them out ever again which i kind of it sounds kind of dramatic but i also see the 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 smarts behind that because what that does is it forces you to wait until either you've had enough kind of social cues of the person whom you're interested in to, to kind of warrant like a suggested date but it also kind of makes you take the whole thing quite seriously as well and, and you're not kind of repeatedly harassing somebody going when are you going to come on that date with me Barbara so it's kind of um, you know, <laughs> she won't come on a date with me Sean I don't know why um, but, so I think in that point of view it's an interesting I go on a date with anybody right now don't you <laughs> I'm outside your 5k Barbara <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, so you should. Yeah. So oh God, I. You know, whatever happened to getting drunk and you know snogging someone? Uh, um, that's, <laughs> Hashtag Me Too happened. So yeah. That's that, what well, I don't know. The Irish would be extinct as a race if it were not for uh, getting drunk and snogging <laughs> people. Uh, right. <laughs> next question. Uh, next question. And the answer to this question is misophonia, because we've done items on this. Uh, I know this is completely irrational, and it's only because he's the only person I've spent time with in the last twelve months. But my husband's chewing is actually going to drive me to commit an act of violence. He has a clicky jaw that manages to be louder than the TV and it's all I can hear and then he chews with a mixture of open and closed mouth which adds to the whole irritating experience. We're both at home at the minute. Eating with him has honestly become impossible so I've managed to get it down to eating with him once a day. 
I get up earlier so I can have breakfast alone and I'll wait for him to have lunch so I can eat in peace afterwards. I can't avoid dinner, however, and now it's like my ears are waiting for the sound to assault them. And then there's the snacking. He has never taken any kind of constructive criticism well, and I'm not sure there is much he can do about this bar closes bloody mouth when chewing, but I'll be accused of nagging again. If I say anything, please help. If lockdown is until May, I don't think my sanity <laughs> will survive. <laughs> the... Uh, Yes, there is though. There is uh, um, there is a thing called misophonia, which is a, you, you just can't stand the sound of people chewing. Uh, it's a real condition, so it may be that, or she just hates her husband. Declan, which well, one yeah. do you think it is? <laughs> I, I wouldn't like to come down on either side, but it, you know, if it is a condition, then it, it's her condition to resolve. Um, but other than that, I mean, I would imagine that developing a kind of fixation on somebody else's faults is happening to a lot of us who are sharing a little bit too much time with each other so maybe just take a breath (laughs) maybe start heavy breathing maybe just you know i don't know i don't know (laughs) but it is one of those it's like a you know when you it's somebody points out a sound to you and then you can't not hear it or you can't hear anything else and if he has a clicky jaw and he's chewing with his mouth open ooh, yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) i mean i think I think like Declan says, this is something that lots of us are experiencing in lots of different ways because nobody who got married or decided to live with somebody has ever signed up to spending 24 hours a day, seven days a week with them, no matter how much you love them. Um, And I also think that you know, as well as that, there's th- that this is, I think very often, because I have, I have an issue here as well that's driving me nuts. My husband has grown a beard, which he won't leave alone. And like, literally, he is petting his beard morning noon and night and i'm going to kill him <laughs> one of the days um uh, but i do think as well as well as the fact that you know you're because we're corralled together so much that you notice these things i also think it's a way of our mind coping with world and we've said this before where you've so little control over so many of the big things in your life that these small things that you actually can kind of control or you can kick back against become um bigger and become a bigger irritant um and and they can become a channel for your frustration or your anger or your sadness or whatever it is that you have and i think she's got to recognize this i mean i you know i mean if it is a condition uh, you know as, as i presume there isn't any uh, serious medical downside to it but at the same time i do believe we can all control our minds to a much larger extent than many of us choose to and therefore it is about distraction it is about when her mind starts going oh my god there he is again making that clicky noise oh my god i can't stand it i can't sit here this is driving me yeah. nuts is to kind of try and make that flip in your mind of thinking you know somewhere there is a woman living with a man she's afraid is going to hit her or she's afraid is going to do something awful and you know it is that old kind of cliche of like the you know it could be worse but it really could be worse um it's a minor irritation and i think if you control your mind not to try and focus on it you'll get through but there's nothing else you can do unless you want to send him for some kind of radical surgery to get rid of the click in his gob Mm. But you know, um, uh, shutting his mouth when he's eating—that's not a—that's not a big ask, really. No, but I, I think I. Th- <laughs> no, you think not? I, I would imagine though that if she's not getting the the message over to him in a way that he's he's amenable to it, that might be part of the problem that she is coming across as, as that she's nagging him. He doesn't feel like he can help it, um, and then it becomes not really about that at all. It becomes about, her, mm. as Barbara said, her having a, an issue over something and fixating on that, and him thinking yeah. his wife is a nag, and the whole thing becomes not about what the actual the the tiny little mechanical issue is, and. And that's 
kind of silly. And as Barbara says, a deep breath and a kind of re- perspective and, you know, maybe come back to it, you know, in a few weeks time, <laughs> you know, don't be at it all the time. Yeah, <laughs> there's the snacking, she says. To, uh, tell that woman to buy earplugs, uh, says one text. I don't know if that got down so well at dinner time. Uh, I'm laughing at the lady about the husband chewing. Uh, there is a lot of us having that problem. It's so annoying, uh, uh, says somebody else. Barry says, my girlfriend has this chewing phobia. I know not uh, to do it, so it's never aimed at me, but she's totally over the top of it when it comes to other people. It's so petty. Just get over it. People are animals. Uh, they make noise. Ignore it. Uh, says, okay, well, that's, yeah. Think of your husband as an animal. Uh, there, there's the advice there. Uh, Barbara and Declan, thank that's you both. Thank you both very much. Uh, you are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. We're going to take a break. Back in a couple of minutes. Moncrief on News Talk.